going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Soppy. You can be found on Twitter at Kyle Soppy PFN. Week one matchup previews podcast. You guys yes, were sir. not expecting to see a podcast here drop in your podcast feed here from PFN Fantasy, but surprise, we are going to be here with you every single Friday this season, breaking down every single player in every single game. Kyle Sapi, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing good, man. We're, we're recovering here from uh, from a week that was for me and going into a week that will be. This is fun. We had football that counted. I'm told it wasn't pretty because it wasn't. <laughs> Most fantasy managers are leaving last night pretty disappointed unless you had a lion or two here and there. But they're games that counted. And to me, that's a step in the right direction. We're making progress. I'm looking forward to Sunday. Well, I had Sky Moore in several of my starting lineups, so we got some mm. ground to make up. Let's talk about how in the yeah, world sure we do. can make up for that here in this podcast. But let's talk about the action from Thursday night football and some of the key takeaways here. So obviously we look at Detroit. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Hey, he's still pretty good at football. Six receptions, 71 yards, a touchdown there. Sam Laporta, a nice showing. Not necessarily yeah. something that you're, you know, like it wasn't a top 12 option or anything this week, but five targets, five receptions, 39 yards. Outside of that, nothing really here for the receivers. Let's talk about the running backs, though, in Detroit. Jameer Gibbs, really not super involved in this offense for the number 12 overall pick. David Montgomery gets 21 carries, 74 yards, a touchdown on the ground. Jameer Gibbs, seven, uh, seven attempts, 42 yards, and then adds on just two targets for two receptions. What do we do with Jameer Gibbs here? Do, is this a panic button? Like, we got to sell now, or is this just kind of hold? This is kind of what we expected. I think he hold. I mean, Montgomery looked fine. He scored. He didn't have any big runs. It, it was a very Najee Harris-looking day from David and Montgomery for me. 21 carries, you mentioned it. 3-1 to one, outdid Gibbs with the carries. But Gibbs is still the pass catcher. This is going to be like the Saints back in the day when Kamara first came into the league. And, and with Gibbs playing the Kamara role. Is he as good as Kamara? Is he going to catch 81 balls? I doubt it. But I expect more than two targets. I expect more than seven carries. If he can get in the 10... 12, 15 carry roll and see a handful of targets. He's going to be just fine. My concern is what Montgomery's value is moving forward. Could it, I'm not going to say a sell high. He didn't look great. He scored, which is something for a game that lacked fantasy interest. Otherwise, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed with Montgomery. I was impressed that they gave him that much work. And so that's a thing that Gibbs is going to have to cut into. And maybe, maybe that lowers his value through September into October. But I still think Gibbs is the guy in this backfield that you want moving forward and probably for the second half of the season. Something that tells me we will be talking about this backfield again on our Tuesday trade targets so. podcast. I, I feel like we so. are going to be talking about these guys here. Let's go over to Kansas city here. Patrick Mahomes still good at football, but that second half man uh, did not do a ton. There are only 226 yards passing two touchdowns, one interception, uh, which wasn't necessarily his fault there. Should have been a 10 uh, Isaiah Pacheco game. Just, <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco, eight rush attempts, 23 yards on the ground, adds four receptions there. Isaiah Pacheco with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire seeing six attempts. Jerick McKinnon not super involved either. How do we continue moving forward here with this backfield? The McKinnon thing surprised me a little bit. With Kelsey out, you would have thought McKinnon would have been on the field more as an added pass catcher. But the pass catching was Pacheco. He had four catches in the first, I don't know, 36 minutes of this game he didn't have four targets in a game all of last season so yes I'm a Pacheco stand I get that we've gone back and forth him being not on the field to start the game certainly wasn't ideal I'm not that afraid of CEH cutting into his role significantly as time goes Pacheco wearing number 10 so maybe that made him look like he had juice but he he just <laughs> looked like he had something to him 
Kind of like Gibbs looked better than Montgomery. I know the numbers aren't popping off the screen for Pacheco, but I'm not panicking. I'm not selling. I'm not doing anything quite like that yet. The CEH thing does stick in my craw a little bit. If you're trying to, you know, get some value out of McKinnon, I I don't know how you could play him on a weekly basis right now. Pacheco, for me, still going to be in my top 30. Still a big piece of this offense. I think better times are ahead. You mentioned the Mahomes numbers. I mean, he had 41% of his passing yards come on that last drive of the first half. Wasn't a normal Chiefs game because it wasn't a normal Chiefs team. You take away 30% of the target share in the form of Travis Kelsey, things are going to look a little goofy. Uh, I have it by estimations here that 20 different players saw a target last night from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, No, 12 players saw saw a target in this game here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's talk about, I I think there really isn't much to take away from like Rasheed Rice, you know, five targets, three receptions, 29 yards, might be someone that you're picking up on the waiver wire here this next week. But man, we got to talk about Kadarius Toney first. Let's talk about Kadarius Toney here. Do do we drop Kadarius Toney? Because this was really, really bad. Five targets, one reception, one yard. And obviously the just brutal pick six did not look like he remembered how to catch a football last night. So Kadarius Toney, is he someone that fantasy managers can move on from already? I think it's at least in consideration, but you're going to have a few days to catch your breath here. You you can't drop him now. He's, his stat line's locked in. So even if you wanted to overreact, you can't do it right now. So you're going to be saved from yourself to a degree. He's still a piece in this offense. It's going to be on the field and Patrick Mahomes is going to be better. So do I think he's a must cut? No. Depends who's on your wire. And we'll go through all this on Tuesday's show as we get more information, we see the games play out on Sunday and see who emerges. There's going to be options. Like, Tony's going to be on the chopping block in some degree. I'm not quite willing to do it yet just because I drafted him and Sky Moore, for that matter, to get exposure to this Chiefs offense. That part hasn't changed. To my knowledge, he hasn't been dropped or traded by the Chiefs. So as long as he's attached to this offense, he still has the upside that we thought. This is a tough game one. Yes, it was brutal. But I don't think they really have options to replace him in a big way. Rice, Maybe. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I like what I saw from Rice. Like, he is the only Chief that didn't really disappoint. So, I'm holding steady there. But I'm not starting a Chief receiver. And maybe I'm waiting until next week and one of them has a big game. Then I'm moving on. I don't think you're going to get consistent production from any of these Chiefs receivers. So, once you get one big game, maybe you cash in that chip. We'll, we'll talk about Sky more here in a second. But I also don't want to super overreact to this game. Because, like you said, Kansas, or Travis Kelsey is the game plan, right? Like, Travis yeah. Kelsey is the one that opens everything up. And so when you have players that are supposed to be the third, the fourth receiving option suddenly thrust into the first read in the offense, whatever, because Kelsey isn't there, that throws off the rhythm, that throws off what you're expected to do and how you're expected to produce. So let's talk about Sky Moore because fantasy managers already, I saw across my timeline on Twitter last night, I dropped Sky Moore already. Like people were just saying, I dropped Sky Moore. I did not personally, but I dropped Sky Moore. I'm moving on from him. He's a bust already. Why did we hype him up for a second year in a row as a sleeper? Like, should we be panicking that much over Sky Moore? Or is it, again, you just want exposure to this Chiefs offense, and it didn't cost you a ton to get Sky Moore onto your roster? Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, if you drafted Sky Moore and you're fragile enough to think that one bad game you're dropping him, then you shouldn't have drafted him in the first place. Like, Justin Jefferson's going to have bad games. Like, everybody in the NFL is going to have a bad game here and there. Not saying Sky Moore is Justin Jefferson. Let's not uh, let's not aggregate that and put that quote into graphic. Sentence, but quote yeah, graphic. There it is. There it is. You know, graphics guy. But um, I mean, this Chiefs team gets the Jags next week. That's going to be another high-scoring projected total. I Kelsey's going to be back on, so that's going to be a situation where the offense is more in tow. Come back to me in seven, eight. Yeah, I guess ten days now if they're playing next Sunday. 
and then we can reevaluate. If you're these two guys combined for 22% of the targets and a game without Kelsey, like it was all underwhelming. It's all a mess. It looks bad. It's one game, people. It's one game. You're tethered to this offense. I'm still buying that. If you think the Chiefs aren't going to be a top 10 offense, then by all means, cut bait, do what you got to do. I'm not falling for that right now. It's week one. That was the Kyle Soppy version of R-E-L-A. Yes. Yes. Here. Been there. All right. Let's get to our player props of the week here presented by Superdraft. The NFL is back and Superdraft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFN listeners. Imagine this. Justin Jefferson's current receiving yards line is just 0.5 yards. If he catches just one pass against Tampa Bay, you are a winner. But wait, there is more. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry, claim your free play, and bonus today. Kyle, let's take a look at here. Superdraft has some player props out there, and I wanted to get your thoughts on some of these players. We're going to take a look at five players over under their prop line here for this week. Chris Olave, over under 66 and a half receiving yards going up against the Tennessee Titans. Over or under there? I get where the number's coming from. He averaged roughly 69 last season, so it's right in line. But give me the over. Come on, Chris Olave, better than the people think here. He's Garrett Wilson without the hype. Derek Carr, good fit for that offense. Tennessee vulnerable down the field. He could get this total in three catches. think he goes over it. Anthony Richardson going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in his first game. Over under 195 and a half passing yards. Oof. I'm going to go under. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think he's going to be running a lot in and out of the pocket. And at rookie quarterbacks, they don't want to go on to their second or third read. I think we might see 10, 12 carries. That cuts into their passing potential. If he doesn't throw the ball 30 times, he's not getting to 200 yards. I'm going under there as well. TJ Hawkinson over under 46 and a half receiving yards. Give me the over here. He seems healthy from where he's been. We think a wide receiver two is going to prevail in this offense, but until it does, I'm assuming it's Hawkinson. And if he's getting 10 targets from Kirk Cousins, he'll catch half of them and go over this number. So I think he's pretty comfortably over this number. All right. We got Debo Samuel over under 52 and a half receiving yards going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are out on Debo everywhere. I'm going to end up picking an over on him just to kind of balance my portfolio here, but I'm going under. I'm going under. I think everything under kind of comes through in this game. Low scoring, ugly game with the Steelers. Not comfortable going over anywhere. I don't think he's getting more than six to eight targets. Let's say he catches five of them with the low A dot. I'm going to go under cautiously. Derek talked about AJ Dillon on the Start Sit podcast. I'm also in line with starting AJ Dillon this week if I've got him over under 41 and a half rushing yards here for the last player prop. Yeah, he sold me on Dylan as well. I think that's a high usage running back game on both ends. I think Aaron Jones probably more used in the passing game. So you see Dylan on those short yardage situations. Could he break one for 10, 12 yards? You're talking a low number here. If he can break a carry for even 15 yards, like you're getting there. He's going to get his 10 to 12 carries, one decent sized carry. I think he gets there barely, I'll, I'll say 52 for A.J. Dillon. All right, there is the player props of the week presented by Superdraft. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Find the link to download the Superdraft app right here in your YouTube or podcast description. All right, we are going to walk through every single player. I'll put that in quotations. We might not get to every single player in this podcast, but if you want to know about every single player in every single game, Kyle Sabi has his week one cheat sheet out and available over at pfnfantasy.com. This is a monster of an article that you are going to want to go check out to get your advice on setting your fantasy football lineups every single week. The week one cheat sheet over at pfnfantasy.com. 
You want to know about these players that we're, you know, that we're going to talk about here. You want to know about Chris Olave and the individual matchup. You got to go over to pfnfantasy.com in the week one cheat sheet there from Kyle Sapi. Additionally, if you want to get some start sit questions answered here as we move into week one, maybe you're already panicking just a little bit about Sky Moore. You want to know if you should drop him in favor of another player. You need to get into the PFN Fantasy Discord. The link yeah, for that man. is right here in your description. Completely free to join. Get access to all of us here uh, on the team here at the PFN Fantasy, and you can get your questions answered this year. PFN Fantasy Discord, the link is here in your YouTube or podcast show description. All right, we have a lot to get to. Uh, so we are going to go here. We're going to walk game by game. We're going to walk right down that week one cheat sheet. Thank you so much for putting this out as a show yeah. doc for me, Kyle Sapi. I appreciate it. Aim to Let's please. go game by game here. We're going to talk about some of the noteworthy players here. Let's go Panthers and Falcons here uh looking at this matchup so as we look at the quarterbacks let's start here we got both bryce young and desmond ritter here on the other side uh on opposing sides here either of these guys belong in starting lineups in your one qb formats i'm gonna guess no but i'm gonna throw it to you now nah, you're you're good kyle you, you got this nailed you're up early on a friday and you are clicking neither one of these guys deserves a spot in your starting lineup or on your roster for that matter maybe they had to turn into something we know Ritter's got the talent around him to maybe be a bi-week filler when that time comes, but for right now, don't worry about it. All right, let's go to the running backs here. Bijan Robinson, obviously you drafted him as a top five player off the board. Uh, at the running back position, you are starting him here in this matchup. Miles Sanders, though, does he belong in starting lineups up against this Atlanta Falcons defense? I think he can get there. The touch count's going to be high, which is really all you want. I worry about the possession count in this game. Both teams pay at a you know stagnant pace here. We're not going to see a ton of plays, but I also don't think we're going to see a ton of passes. So Sanders, if he can get his 15 to 20 touches, that's going to be more than enough to get him into lineups. Do I feel great about it? I don't think he's got a huge upside. Could he have a David Montgomery game from last night? I think that's about what you're looking for. You're hoping for a score, maybe a few catches in PPR formats. That's not pretty, but it's, it's a decent floor. I'll take it. We'll talk about him here in a little bit, but Miles Sanders or Raheem Mostert in your starting lineup this week? Give me Mostert. Game environment, pretty much. I think Mostert has more... Big play upside in a game that's going to, they might, the Dolphins might score as many points as this game combines for. I, yeah, I can see that happening. Uh, let's go Miles Sanders or Kenneth Walker, who popped up on the injury report late yesterday with a groin injury. Yeah, that's the part that scares me right now. Right now I have Walker ranked higher, but you never like to see that good old Thursday injury report have a new name on it. So keep tabs on that right now as we sit here Friday morning. It's Walker, but not by much, and that that's getting close. Let's go to the wide receivers here in this game. Uh, for Carolina, you're looking at Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, not practicing, uh, you know, not looking likely here for this game. We'll see what the practice report here is on Friday as we were recording this here at 9 a.m. on Friday morning. So Adam Thielen, if, if he does play with missing practice on Wednesday and Thursday, are you playing him in your starting lineup this week? You probably got better options, right? I hope to God you do in week <laughs> one. I mean, if this is week nine and you're sweating through injuries and everything, like I get it, but you're not playing anybody here. If you want... If those two guys are scratched or limited and you want to go Mingo in a DFS setting, like I get it to be different, but man, it would take a leap of faith in DFS. It would take high grade painkillers to do it in uh, in season long here. All right, let's go to the Atlanta wide receivers, Drake London. We talked about him on the start sit episode fading him a little bit here in this matchup. Are you still in that same boat? I am under 70 yards over the two games against them last season. Yeah, this offense is going to look a little bit better. Bijan's going to get them moving in the right direction. I need to see it from Ritter before I'm going all in on London. I think he can get there. I'm just not assuming it to open the season. 
All right, and then let's go Drake London or Deontay Johnson going up against the San Francisco 49ers. It's Deontay for me. I just feel better about the quality of targets. I'm buying Kenny Pickett, so I'll go Deontay there thinking that he's more of a lock to get me my six catches. I'll worry about the yards and touchdowns later. I'll take the high floor. And then Drake London or Cortland Sutton this week up against the Las Vegas Raiders, assuming that Jerry Judy does not play. So Jerry Judy not in the lineup. Are you going Cortland Sutton there? Uh, Yeah, I am. Assuming Judy's out and everything's kind of pointing that direction. Again, I think the quality of target's going to be a little bit better. I think London could see a target or two more than Sutton. I I wouldn't rule that out. But the upside of Sutton's targets are going to cover that difference and then some. All right, and then the tight ends here, Hayden Hurst. I mean, I I like him as a target option or target hog, hog, excuse me, in this offense here, but not necessarily someone that I'm looking at in week one. Uh, Let's go Kyle Pitts here. Kyle Pitts, you've drafted him as a top 10 option, top six option in a lot of spots. Are you confidently starting him here? I am just because if you drafted him, you probably don't have a second option. So it's either him or a blank spot. I'll take Kyle Pitts over empty tight end road spot uh, most weeks. And the Panthers dead last in time of possession last season. So at least you got to think Kyle Pitts and the Falcons will be on the field. Like I said, with Ritter and Bijan to be in scoring position a little more often. I think Pitts a top tight end, top 10 tight end, but that's probably more of an indication of the position than any overwhelming optimism in Pitts and to open the season. All right. So one of the things that I have been longing to do for as long as I've been in this industry is to go through game by game previews, matchup mm-hmm. previews, and then pick against the spread and keep a running total as oh, we go let's throughout do it. the year. Okay. So, all, all right. right. So as we look at the Panthers and Falcons right now, that spread is Falcons minus three and a half. I'm going the Panthers side of that. I think that this spread should be a lot closer than what it is. Are you going Falcons minus three and a half? All right, we'll change it. Yeah, yeah. We'll go head to head on this first one. I'm going with the Dirty Birds. Panthers, league worst, 4-12 and ATS since 2021 in games that go over the projected number. I think Atlanta can score a little bit here. They go over. Falcons by a touchdown. All righty. Let's move on to Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Joe Burrow uh, gets paid here. <laughs> I love the timing yeah. of that oh last God. night. Absolutely fantastic. Two minutes into the start of the NFL season, Joe Burrow, the highest paid player in the NFL. Let's start here with Burrow at the quarterback position. Now that he is back in practice, it looks like he's playing here. He's got the contract. Are you starting him confidently in this matchup? I am. The Browns defense is good, but Joe Burrow's better. Like I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about the injury. I get the slow start. And if you want to fade him in DFS, like I'll listen to that. But if you have him on your season long roster, you drafted him to play him and you probably didn't address the quarterback position for another 10 or 12 rounds, if at all. So you're talking Joe Burrow. Is he lower in my ranks this week than normal? Yes. Is he off the starting radar? No. Uh, Deshaun Watson. We talked about him on the Start Sit podcast as well. Is he someone that is within the top 12 of your quarterback rankings? He is, and it's the rushing ability. I think he offers a high enough floor to be worthy of a spot in a game that, like, if I'm talking with optimism around Burrow, I think this game's going to shoot out a little bit. And the public just underrates the weaponry of this Cleveland offense. The Bengals' defense, good. They only gave up 17 passing touchdowns a season ago and were one of the league's best in completion percentage. But I think Watson offers enough and has enough support around him to be in the starting lineups this week. All right, there will be follow-up questions in future weeks of which quarterbacks you can look at on the waiver wire over some of these players, but you drafted these players as top 12 options. You are starting them. Let's go to the running backs. Joe Mixon up against the Cleveland Browns defense that has notoriously been gashed by opposing running backs. Is Joe Mixon a top five option for you in rankings this week? I'm not willing to go that far, but he did clear 100 yards in the last meeting against these Browns. And listen, 
he's a he's running back seven for me. So if, I'm not going top five, but I'm not exactly straying far from that. People are worried about the age and the workload and all that stuff. And I might catch up to him in like December. I'm not worried about it in September. Over 140 scrimmage yards in consecutive season openers. I'm not saying he gets there. I'm not saying he doesn't. I think Joe Mixon has a good week one. The value point on Joe Mixon. Like there are legitimately people that are going to question whether they should be starting Joe Mixon or Miles Sanders based on where they were going in ADP. Right, yeah. <laughs> Joe Mixon, a top 10 option. Plug him into your lineup here in this matchup. The other side of the ball here for the running backs, Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, Nick Chubb, obviously lock him in, starting him in this matchup, even though it is a tough run defense with the Cincinnati Bengals. Jerome Ford, is he someone that you are looking at here in week one, or we just need to kind of wait and see how this all plays out? I'd wait and see. I do think he's worth a roster spot just because he, I, I think he could fill the Alexander Madison role to Nick Chubb's Dalvin Cook. Like if Chubb were to go down, I think Ford probably works into 80, 85% of what Chubb's role is. And to me, that makes him a worthwhile stash. But yeah, nobody you're even touching as long as Chubb's active. All right, let's go to the wide receiver position here for Cincinnati. Obviously, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they are in your starting lineups. Are you looking at Tyler Boyd in this one? I'm not. It, it would take a very specific situation to get Boyd into any of my lineups. I just don't think he has enough upside. He's going to see his fair share of targets. He's going to be on the field. He's going to be tethered to a good offense. It's, it's a lot like the guys we talked about in Kansas City. But without, like in Kansas City, they don't have a wide receiver one or two for that matter. They've got a bunch of Tyler Boyds. In this case, you've got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins to soak up the valuable looks. Tyler Boyd, he is what he is. He's, he's Juju Smith-Schuster. Pass. I will say I am intrigued by Tyler Boyd more this year than I was last year because, I mean, it's Irv Smith Jr. We'll talk about him here in a second, but Irv Smith Jr. at the tight end position. Who knows how much tar- how much opportunity he's going to see in this offense. So over that, the middle of the field, area targets and stuff like that, we could see an uptick again for Tyler Boyd, who was very fantasy relevant two years ago, fell mm-hmm. off a cliff last year because of Hayden Hurst being in the lineup. I think that we could see him bounce back, but someone for me that I'm also not playing in my starting lineup. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns wide receivers. Amari Cooper locked into your starting lineups. Of course. And until proven otherwise, my optimism on Watson is there. And if I'm going to be pro Watson, I got to be pro Cooper. Mentioned the Bengals defense is stout, pretty good, but I think this they're going to have to get up and down. Cooper's going to vacuum in eight to 10 targets. That's plenty. All right. For my sanity's sake, please tell me that we can play Elijah Moore and that he'll do well in week one. I think this is the better of your two Moore calls. Uh, I'll go on record <laughs> in saying that for week one. But yeah, I mean, the Bengals weren't great against the slot. I think Moore is going to line up there on occasion here. Yeah, I think he's got the highest upside of the secondary pass catchers. I like DPJ as much as anybody, but I'm not going to say he's going to get eight to 10 targets and be some kind of volume hog. I think Elijah Moore, good bet for six to eight targets. Let's say he makes five, six catches at 60 yards. Maybe he scores. I think he's right in the double-digit range of half PPR points, which puts him in wide receiver flex territory. Yeah, we're talking about a flex option here based on where you drafted him too. Elijah Moore or Jordan Addison in week one going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll go Addison, but that's more an Addison that game situation than it is anti-Moore. All right, Elijah Moore or Jacoby Myers going up against the Denver Broncos. You're killing me here. I'm going more this week, darn it. But don't ah. don't clip this and say that, you know, run it 17 times and say Kyle likes more than uh, than Myers. But, yeah, I think Myers can be a little slow out of the gate. Don't love the week one matchup. Elijah Moore I do like in this spot. So, yes, if you listen to me and you have Jacoby Myers, you can bench him for Yates' guy, and he'll be right this week. That's fine. All right, all right. I, I won. I did it. Uh, mm-hmm. Tight ends here. Irv Smith Jr., we talked about him. He's not someone that you're looking to start here in week one, right? Right, yeah. No, it's 
he's interesting, but until he stays healthy and productive for an extended period of time, I don't think he needs to be on rosters right now. But if he does pop up, like, sure, grab him. He's part of the tight end roulette that we see every every single week in that tight end 12 to yep. 20 range. I think that might be, uh, I would it's say tight end 12 to tight end 30. Uh, David David Njoku here on the other side of the ball. You drafted him as a top 10, borderline top 10 option. You're starting him with confidence here this week, right? Yeah, over 23% target share in week 14 against these Bengals last season. Maybe we don't see quite that, but even the fact that that's in the cards, you're playing Njoku this week. All right, let's make our picks here. Uh, Bengals minus two and a half is the spread here. I'm going Bengals to cover. Sapi, where are we going? I'm with you. Best road team ATS over the last two seasons, 13 and four. Cleveland under 500 at home against the spread over that stretch. Bengals cover, but not by much. All right, let's go on to Jacksonville at Indianapolis here. The quarterbacks, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you are starting Trevor Lawrence this week. Yeah, you tripped me up on Jacoby Myers there, but you're not getting me to fade all my guys in week one. At least 18 and a half fantasy points in back-to-back games against divisional opponents on the road. I think we see something like that again this week. To me, you're putting them in. Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about Lawrence. All right, Anthony Richardson here. We've talked a lot about him. Derek was saying he sit him this week. I know that we've got excitement for him. You mentioned him with the the player props uh with you know under the the passing yards, but most likely you're gonna see 10 to 12 carries. Is that someone that you can start here this week, or should we just keep him on our bench and wait to see how it all plays out? This is a different situation because if you drafted Richardson, we were telling you to draft a secondary option, a Kirk Cousins, a Geno Smith, even Jared Goff, somebody like that later in the draft. To me, unless it's Jared Goff and you no longer have that option, you're playing the other option. I want to see it from Richardson before I bank on it. We saw these athletic quarterbacks come in and have instant success. It could happen. It could get there. But I'm just as likely to play the Jags defense and think that Richardson walks into something ugly or a handful of sacks or a devastating play. So on DFS, I'm going Jags defense. I'll pass on Richardson now, but that doesn't mean I'm cutting him. He could, And no matter what he does on Sunday, I'm not changing my tune on him for the season. Lots of upside, just as much downside. Want to see some of that upside before I bank on it. All right, let's go to the running backs here. Travis Etienne, you drafted him as a top 15 option. You're starting him here up against the Indianapolis Colts defense, correct? Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to draft him as a big favorite, then when are you playing him? Yep. All right. Tank Bigsby, someone that we like, but also you drafted him with it like the top RB 50 off the board. He's not someone that you have to start here in this matchup. Want to see how this all plays out. Let's go to the Indianapolis backfield. Deion Jackson, Evan Hull, Zach Moss might be back. Are you starting any of these guys here in week one? I'm not, but I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention to usage more than anything. We've seen these mobile quarterbacks provide running back rooms with stability and efficiency on the ground. And we certainly think Richardson's going to be just that when it comes to running the rock. To me, it's Deion Jackson if you, for whatever reason, have to play one of them this week. But the fact that we don't know where the majority of the carries are going, that's having me off of them. If we know a guy's going to get 80, even 65, 70% of the carries, then you have my interest as a flex option. We just don't know that right now. All right, the wide receivers here, we're looking at Calvin Ridley. I'm assuming that he is a lock for your starting lineup. He is, until he proves otherwise. I, I, we saw all the hype this preseason. Time to live up to it. All right, Christian Kirk currently sits at wide receiver 30 in my wide receiver rankings here for the week up against the Indianapolis Colts. Is he someone that you are confidently starting here this week? I've got him in the same range as you do, wide receiver 28 for me, and I, I'd rather not play him. The Colts in the middle of the field, second mo- or second fewest missed tackles last season. Kirk, I think, is going to be more of a yak guy now that Ridley's in the mix and you got Zay Jones on the perimeter. I think you're playing Ridley every week. I think Kirk's actually going to be a starter more often than not. 
but I don't love him here. I think you could probably do better if you have to pencil him in. It's not the end of the world. I would if you're if it's a flex call between him or the Colt running backs, I'm going Kirk, but I'm not thrilled about it. Let's go Christian Kirk or Michael Pittman Jr. on the other side of this matchup. Oh, I like that. I'm gonna go Kirk, but that's more of a bet on Lawrence than it is Kirk. Right. Yeah, Christian Kirk at wide receiver 30, Michael Pittman Jr. at wide receiver 32 on the week in my ranking. Let's talk about Pittman here. Is he someone that you should be starting this week, or is it another situation where, based on where he went in drafts and Anthony Richardson in week one, if you have another option, you should probably look their way instead? I would, but I'm not I'm not out on Pittman by any means. I just want to see what Richardson is. I mean, you mentioned the prop earlier. Under 200 passing yards is the expectation. He could go right. under that in a game if Jacksonville holds the ball here, and that's just... That's tough. So I don't care who you are. If you're going to throw for 200 yards, it's hard to have a fantasy relevant receiver if he's not getting into the end zone. And we don't know that Anthony Richardson can do that. I I'm okay in rostering Pittman. I'm okay in thinking that he could be a starter even in October, but I'm not doing it right now. Not when I have a full roster of options at my disposal and no evidence that Anthony Richardson is right now capable of leading an NFL offense. All right, we talked about Michael Pittman Jr. or Christian Kirk. Let's go Michael Pittman Jr. or Zay Flowers if Odell Beckham Jr. cannot play. He popped up on the injury report yesterday with uh, an ankle injury. So Zay Flowers, if Odell Beckham's not in the lineup, should you look at him instead of Michael Pittman Jr.? I think so. Right now, Zay, I've got right in the Pittman range. And if Beckham were to be ruled out, he'd move ahead of him. It's a pretty similar tier for me, but I have more point expectancy for the Ravens than I do the Colts. I think Flowers and Pittman are both the wide receiver ones on their team with or without Beckham. So the target number will probably be similar. And I just think more of flowers come on the right side of the field for fantasy purposes. All right. So as we look at the tight end position here, Indianapolis, Jelani Woods on IR, Mo Ali Cox, not necessarily someone that you really need to look at here in week one, Evan Ingram. He is someone that you drafted as a top eight option off the board. I'm assuming that you are confidently starting him here. I am. There's no major concerns. Again, it's a tight end position. So if he sees six or seven targets, that's going to be enough for me to justify starting them as a favorite, as a team that I think is going to score somewhere in the mid-20s, mid to high-20s. Evan Ingram has enough touchdown equity and enough target share to be started in most spots. All right, let's make a pick here for this one. Jaguars at minus four and a half. I'm going to have, I'm still going Jacksonville here. I'm going to bet against the rookie quarterback in his first game. I will go Jacksonville here. Where are we going? This is maybe the one time you get me to pick against the Jags ATS. I'm going to go plus four and a half with the Colts backdoor cover. This is like a 10 point game. Richardson with like a late 20 yard run for a meaningless touchdown that fantasy love fantasy managers love. He covers for me at the last second Jags win Colts cover. All right, let's go Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Minnesota Vikings here. Uh, let's go to the quarterback position. Baker Mayfield, man, who knows what we're going to get here in this in this offense. Uh, I'm assuming that we are not starting Baker Mayfield in our one quarterback leagues here. You're not, but I do think the community has been a little quick to dismiss this offense as a whole as viable. Baker Mayfield's probably not even going to be on roster radars, even if he has a big game, because I just don't know how you justify playing him over the, any of the top 12 guys on a given week. But this is a good spot against a bad defense. DFS yep. interest, given the price point, no interest in redraft. All right, Kirk Cousins here, someone that we drafted as a top 15 option, not necessarily someone that fantasy managers drafted to immediately start, but this matchup, is he someone worth starting? Yeah, I think he is. I think he's right in that mix. 
In the Justin Jefferson era, he's averaging almost 21 fantasy points when favored by more than a field goal. That's obviously the case here. The rushing numbers aren't going to be there, so you, you have to know that's coming. You have to know what you're getting and count on production through the air. But as far as I know, Justin Jefferson's healthy. TJ Hawkinson's going to play. Addison's there, and so is Osborne. Sign me up for 300 yards from Cousins. That's top 12 for me. I've got him at QB 10 on the week in my rankings. Let's go to the running back position here. Rashad White for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is he someone based on this matchup that you should confidently start as a top 24 play? I think so. I think this game's going over the total, which is going to put White in scoring position more than the public kind of thinks. I think they're going to be able to move the ball because everybody moves the ball on the Vikings and White's the guy in town right now. I know Sean Tucker looked good and I know Derek's all excited about what Tucker can do. And I, I don't, to be honest with you, I think he's right. I just don't think it happens in September, maybe not before Halloween. White's going to get his, what, 20 looks between carries and targets? Like, that's plenty against a bad defense. Top 24 play for me. I think he could score. I think he could catch a handful of passes. I don't think he's going to be on SportsCenter's top 10 for anything highlight-related, but he didn't have to be. Vikings are uh, minus six in this game, so we could see Tampa Bay throwing the ball here uh, to play catch up a little bit. That does lend itself to Rashad White seeing plenty of work out of the backfield as a receiver. Let's go to the other side here. Alexander Madison, uh, someone that fantasy managers have been hyping up for years as sort of this backup, this insurance option behind Dalvin Cook. You got to draft him. You got to draft him because when he does play, he's super, super good and or gets a ton of volume excuse me let me clarify there gets a ton of volume now in this matchup against a historically stout tampa bay buccaneers run defense is he someone that you should start as a top 15 option the bucks were top 10 in epa on the ground last season so like i yes they're they're good run defense but that was ben not break they gave up over 2,000 rushing yards i think the vikings are playing with a lead which is going to put madison in a position to rack up those carries is it exciting are they exciting carries no, and in the write-up here, I have boring but valuable, an Alexander Madison story. That, to me, is exactly what he is. He's, he's Najee Harris on a better offense. I have him in my DFS lineups because I think the Vikings are going to be leading, and that means 20 touches for Madison, and maybe he punches one in from three yards out. I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think it could be another David Montgomery effort from last night. 20 carries, 70 yards, with touchdown equity. To me, that's enough in a game, again, that I think is going to be played in the 50s. A lot of points scored, Madison. Not exciting, but yeah, he's a top 15 guy for me this week. Uh, let's go Alexander Madison or Ramondre Stevenson for the New England Patriots going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm just so out on the Patriots. I am so sick of them. They offer no upside. I don't know how they're going to score points. We'll get to their game in a little bit here, but give me Madison. And I don't even like Madison. I think Stevenson's a better player. I think he's more versatile. I think he offers a lot more to an NFL franchise than Alexander Madison, but not more than fantasy owners. Fantasy owners, you go Madison over Stevenson this week. I've got Madison at RB14 on the week in my half PPR rankings. Let's go to the wide receivers, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. We can group these guys together. Uh, are these both players worth starting here because of the matchup up against the Minnesota Vikings secondary? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks last season passed two thirds of the time when trailing. Obviously, Tom Brady was in town. That's going to change a little bit here, but I do expect them to be behind and playing catch up. And this tandem is going to combine for what, 40, 42% of the target share? In Tampa Bay, to me, that's enough against a defense that struggles in a big way. You don't even have to really buy Mayfield. I'm just buying that he's a capable NFL body that's going to get the ball where it needs to go. You give uh, Godwin and Evans a combined 20, 23 targets. I think both can return wide receiver, low-end wide receiver two, high-end flex production here with touchdown equity. 
All right, we know that we are starting Justin Jefferson. Hot Fact. take here on the PFN Fact. Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Jordan Addison, we talked about him. He is wide receiver 37 in my rankings here this week. Is he someone that you are starting as a top 30 play, or is he more in that flex conversation? Flex conversation. I've got him at 38, so we see this pretty similarly. That's going to change with time because I think he out-earns Osborne as we go here. But in week one where we don't know, and Osborne, you know, he had a good season last year. Let's call it for what it is. It wasn't spectacular, but playing alongside Thielen and Jefferson, he was fine. And the Vikings saw that. The Vikings don't have much on Addison. They felt good enough to draft him high, and I think they will work him into that wide receiver two role. But right now, they're both wide receiver two and a halfs in an offense. And to me, you're pushing it if you're going to get a guy in a Kirk Cousins-led offense going inside your top 30 that I, I don't know sees north of six, seven targets. All right. We know that we are starting TJ Hawkinson here this week. Obviously with Travis Kelsey out, he's top two play at the tight end position here. I will say Kate Otten is someone that I'm keeping an eye on here this week, not necessarily sure. starting, but I wouldn't be surprised on Monday's podcast when we talk about waiver wire options, if we are talking about picking up Kate Otten Worth because it. of the passing volume here and his role in this offense. So like you said it is Chris Godwin, it's Mike Evans. And then outside of that, it's Trey Palmer is the wide receiver three mm-hmm. and you know, who knows what happens out of the backfield there uh, with Rashad White and how much work he sees. So, Kate Otten, keep an eye on him. Not someone that you should be starting here this week, no. though. Uh, let's make a pick here. Spread the Vikings minus six. Where are you going? I'll have you start first. I'll take the points here. I think we're going over. So, if I'm betting this game in real life, which I most certainly am, I'm going over and rostering these guys all over the place in DFS. But I'll take the points here. All Minnesota did was play close games last season. So, can Tampa keep it close? Maybe backdoor, like what I said with Indy. I think it's possible. I think this team, they're going to score points. I don't think Minnesota's scoring 40. So if they could this be like a 30 to 25 kind of game? I, I think so. Give me the six. All right. I will go with the Buccaneers here as well. I think this game is going to be a lot closer. And I will all year bet against the Minnesota Vikings secondary, yeah, especially if you're giving me a touchdown there. Uh, let's go Titans and the Saints. You're at the quarterback position. We've got Ryan Tannehill. Talk to me about Ryan Tannehill. Not necessarily someone that was drafted to be a starter, but... Is he someone that you can look at in this matchup? No, and I don't think you're rostering him, to be honest with you. I mean, under three yards per carry last season. So the rushing that we used to think was there isn't there. I get the excitement with Nuke in town, Traylon Burks taking that next step forward, or uh, Derek Henry providing the stability of the run game. Like there's going to be some efficient days where Tannehill's 18 for 23 for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Like that's going to happen. I'll let that beat me when it does. Instead, he's not going to throw 30 passes. He's not getting there most weeks. Tannehill, to me, doesn't need to be on rosters in redraft leagues. All right, let's go Derek Carr here. Uh, Really, really intriguing option in week one. Not necessarily someone that fantasy managers drafted to start, but this Titan secondary was awful last year, allowing a league-high 274.8 yards through the air. So Derek Carr, is he someone that you can start in week one? I don't think so, but he could get there. I worry about the pace of play in this game. Like New Orleans traditionally not super up-tempo and Tennessee just wants to melt the clock, which I think they can do to some degree. I do like the Saints in this game and I think Carr's going to have success moving the ball. I just don't know how many plays the Saints team offers. No Kamara hurts that a little bit. You've got Jamal Williams who's just there to take quarter or value away from quarterbacks with short touchdowns. That's, that's kind of his role. That's what he does. So Derek Carr outside my top 15 for the week. I do think he deserves a roster spot. I I've planted yeah. my flag on this offense. This offense is going to be better than you think. Not you, Kyle Yates. I know you're you're on board here, but this Saints offense is going to be something to keep an eye on. And I think Carr offers value more often than not once we get into bye weeks. Week one, I'm not doing it. 
Yeah, Derek Carr, outside of my top 15 quarterbacks as well on the week, there's just too many other great options that you drafted earlier. So not someone that you need to necessarily go out and start. But it wouldn't be it wouldn't shock me if at the end of the week we're talking about Derek Carr finishing as a top 10 quarterback in fantasy football. Uh, let's go to the running backs. Derek Henry, we obviously know that we are starting him. This is a little bit of a tougher matchup, but you're obviously still starting him because of the volume and because he's freaking Derek Henry. Jamal Williams. Kendra Miller, I don't even know if he's playing in this game. Alvin Kamara is not playing in this game. So, Jamal Williams, where does he land in your running back rankings? Yeah, he's right on the fringe top 15 for me. He's going to get the volume, and we know he can score. Like, And people forget, he caught over three passes a game way back in the day when he was with the Packers. So, I don't think that's completely out of his skill set. It's, it's a volume play, and it's an offense I trust. Like... It doesn't need to be complicated. He, We know he's getting the valuable touches. We know he's getting the bulk of the touches. And personally, I think three to four targets is well within the realm of expectations. 75 yards with touchdown scoring potential like he has after leading the league last season. Williams is, he's an RB2 for me. I'm firing him up. All right, let's put it to the test. Jamal Williams or Khalil Herbert going up against the Green Bay Packers. I do like Herbert, but I'm going Williams here. I think he has more potential to score. Like I said, the Saints are going to score points. I'm not confident either team in that Green Bay Chicago game scores a ton. So give me the running back in position to be in the red zone more often than not. Williams over Herbert for me. All right, last one here for Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams or Brian Robinson Jr. up against the Arizona Cardinals? You know I love me some Washington Commander running backs this week, but I'm still going Williams just for the sake of him being the only guy I trust in that backfield right now. You mentioned Miller and the injury. I don't think he's... This isn't a 50-50 situation. I think what we see in Washington is more 50-50, which I think both guys can produce, but they kind of kind of balance each other out to some degree as far as ceiling goes. I don't think there's a major cap on what Williams could do. He's got 75 yard and a touchdown potential with the handful of catches. I don't think either commander running back has that in the cards this week. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers here in this matchup. DeAndre Hopkins, you talked about him as a sit or a fade option uh, on the Start Sit podcast on Wednesday. I'm assuming that that is still the case. You're up against a Saints defense that will have Marshawn Lattimore most likely shadowing him. Lattimore is going to be there. They want to run the ball. They want to melt the clock. Listen, I've been out on Hopkins all summer, and that could come back to get me. But until we see it, he hasn't been super efficient. He's been a volume-dependent receiver in an offense that has no interest in giving volume to receivers. To me, that that doesn't really add up. If you're going to be trailing, if you're going to try to slow things down and keep the Saints off the field, I, I just don't see the clearest of paths for him to make the most of his targets. And I don't think he's going to get the 10 to 12 targets he was seeing last year. I'm really looking forward to the DeAndre Hopkins four targets, three receptions, 22 yards, and two touchdowns. Touchdown. Yeah, that's incoming just... here. <laughs> that's incoming here from DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Traylon Burks looks like he is going to be healthy enough to suit up here in this matchup. Is he someone that you are looking at in week one? No, he's not. I mean, I like the trajectory, and I think he can have a nice season and have nice plays. But now he's the number two option in an offense that I don't trust to throw the ball enough. It would shock me if he out-targeted Hopkins, which means I, I – I'm not comfortable starting any receiver in this offense on a good week, and I don't think this is going to be a good week. All right, let's go to the New Orleans Saints side of this for, at the wide receiver position. Chris Olave, we knew that he is in starting lineups. Rashid Shahid, most likely just a DFS play there, not someone that you were looking at in season-long formats. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Uh, Thomas. He's healthy. He's healthy here for week one. Is he someone that you should be starting here in this matchup? <sighs> Man, I can't do it. I want to. Like, I want I to say to. his floor is high and that I like Carr and that they're going to move the ball and that no Alvin Kamara leaves open a valuable role in the short passing game. Like, I get – it's a devil-angel situation. Like, I could see where 
uh, Kyle wakes up one of these days and tries to talk <laughs> me into Michael Thomas, but he has 16 regular season receptions over the past thousand days. Like it says to some degree, you have to show me that you're still here. You have to prove it to me very much worth a roster spot. And I've got him inside my top 40. So I'm not calling you crazy in a PPR setting. If you want to throw him into your flex and see what happens. But to me, I'm taking a patient approach. I'd rather take some upside on a guy like Gabe Davis. We talked Zay Flowers earlier. I'd yep. rather go that direction yep. than whatever we're going to get from Thomas. Thomas could be great. I'll let him beat me for a week. I'm going to be a week late instead of a week early on him. Yep. All right. At the tight end position, Juwan Johnson was someone that you talked about as a potential alternative to Travis Kelsey for fantasy managers. He was out there on a lot of waiver wires. Is he someone that you are actually looking to start here in this matchup? If you benched, if you had a sick Kelsey, like in your scramble mode, I could, I don't love Johnson in a specific matchup. I do like him for the season. He's just not a high volume guy. And with the addition of Michael or the addition, it feels like an addition with Michael Thomas back in the mix. I don't know how much the volume is going to be there. So in a perfect world, I'm not starting him. If you have Kelsey and you had to bench him and now you're, you're looking for a Sunday option. Yeah. I think he's better than anybody you can get on the wire. So in that regard, I'm playing him in DFS and things like that, where you have the choice of options. Nah, I, I'm not really that excited about him. I will say Juwan Johnson, tight end 12 on the week for me. Yeah. Uh, one spot Same. ahead of Sam Laporta from last night. Dalton Schultz at tight end 14 on the week for me. Chigokonku at tight end 11. So that's sort of the range yeah. there. Any of those guys can really be started. Uh, again, it all just depends on where you're at in your league and if you were dealing with that Travis Kelsey injury. Uh, let's make a pick here. Saints minus three for the spread. Where are we going? The trends point to Tennessee, but I'm going to buck the trends. Like this is... This is a feel play for me, and I don't know if you guys know me. I don't do feel stuff very often. That's not how I operate. But if New Orleans can score early and put the pressure on Tennessee to kind of play catch-up mode, I think Tennessee, or I think New Orleans could hold a 10-point lead for the majority of this game, get me to that number. Ideally, it dips below the three so I can get that key number. But I'll take the Saints and give the three. I am going to take the Saints here as well. I think this is a more talented roster from top to bottom for the Saints than the Titans. Uh, and that matchup there up against the Titans secondary also lends itself to the Saints putting up some points on the board. Uh, let's go 49ers versus the Steelers here. Man, what a absolutely ugly game this is going to be. 49ers minus two as the spread. 41 and a half point total yeah. for the over-under. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett. Are you looking at either one of these guys in your one QB formats? Neither matters. I think both kind of deserve a roster spot in those deeper leagues where you're trying to mine quarterback upside and they're going to have value. They'll have good weeks here and there. I just don't, these defenses are too good. They're too good. And these two quarterbacks, I don't think are going to be consistent enough. Neither is worth a play right now, but I, I'm interested. I'm watching them as far as roster worthy in redraft leagues go. All right, Christian McCaffrey, obviously in your starting lineups here. Elijah Mitchell, someone that you should not be playing here in week one, no. but definitely someone worth rostering if he is somehow out there on your waiver wire. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. You talked about Najee Harris there on the Start Sit podcast, fading him because of this matchup. We kind of called it Nick Bosa signing a contract extension <laughs> yeah, after we recorded that podcast. Uh, he is going to be back here in this matchup here. Najee Harris, what do fantasy managers do with him? I think you sit, wait, and then offer a buy low trade after this goes sideways. I'm not playing him this week. I understand that you probably started or drafted him as a starter, but this is a brutal spot. You can't tell me it's not. And it's this defense is just going to hold him in check. And the volume is usually what gets him there. I don't think the volume holds value here. Against San Fran, if you can bust a big play and just hope that carries you. And what's the one thing we know Najee Harris can't do? He cannot bust a big play to save his life. So I, I have him outside my, I'm not starting him. I'm just not starting him. I don't have many shares of him in the first place. 
but I can't get there. He doesn't have a 20 yard run in September for his career. I don't think we see that in this spot, which means again, you're looking for 20 carries for 70 yards and you need a touchdown. I don't think Pittsburgh scores all that much benching Harris this week, which kind of sucks for the price you paid on. Yeah, it's really interesting. You look at this range of running back rankings, you go from where Najee Harris is still RB17 in my rankings. So I will go the other side of it saying like, I still think that the volume is there, but primarily because it goes Najee Harris, then Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert, Damian Pierce, James Conner, Rashad White. I'm just walking down my running back mm -hmm. rankings from 17 to 24. Those are all players that we expect to see 15 plus touches and not necessarily be super efficient or effective with those, right? Yeah. So those are volume-based plays, guys, that you are starting because of their projected volume. I still think Najee Harris in week one will see enough volume, but he's got to find the end zone. I said this in my analysis to. going into the season. He's got to find the end zone to at least make you feel comfortable that you started him here this week. Jalen Warren, someone that you should be excited about. You should be holding on your bench, but also maybe potentially even going and acquiring before Sunday yes. in your league, but not necessarily someone that you should be starting here in this matchup. Wide receivers, Debo Samuel. I'm assuming that we're starting him here just based on his upside as a top 20 play. Brandon Ayuk, is he someone that is worthy of starting based on where you drafted him? The part in this is that I'm going to have to rank all these stupid 49ers as starters on a weekly basis because that's how the projections work. And I've never been more confident that I'm going to be wrong, very wrong, somewhere here. I'm going to have them all throw Kittle in there too. I'm going to have them all ranked as a lock starter. One of them is going to be the best receiver on the slate. The other one's going to go sky more on us and have everybody yelling at us. Like I, but there's no way of projecting that. You can't possibly rank this the way it's going to play out. So we're we're both hedging, and that's the smart play. You play both every week and take the good with the bad. So, yeah, I'm playing Ayuk. I'm playing Debo. I'm playing Kittle. I don't love it, like especially in a matchup like this. We're going to be talking limited volume as it is, and I don't think this game's any different. None of these guys are going to see 10 targets, and I'm not sure the quality of those targets is great. I'm not super sold on Brock Purdy, but... They all individually hold enough upside to make those seven looks turn into 64 yards and a touchdown. And that's a starter right. in every single format. So I'm playing all three of them. And uh, yeah, don't at me. I don't like doing the 49ers. It's not my thing. <laughs> Let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver part of this. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, both guys that I think should be in starting lineups here, but not necessarily as top 24 plays. Do you agree with that? I think you're spot on. Deontay's going to have, I mean, they stretched him out this summer and we're we're gonna see if that works it didn't work last season they basically ramped his ADOT way up and it failed he didn't score we had the historic season with the catch total and no touchdowns that's just fluky like that's a stupid math error but I don't know I'm a little iffy on them extending him quite like that it offers upside but it also also lowers a floor that we thought we had with him I'm playing both but I'm not super excited about the matchup. I do like this offense moving forward. And as a whole moving forward, I think you could get all these Steelers players at a decent price after a rough week one. So that is kind of my angle here. I'm not excited about playing them, but I'm excited about acquiring them, if that makes sense. Uh, the usage, and you talked about the role, like that's going to be critical to watch here in week one. And something that we talk about going into next week was, did Deontay Johnson get the role that we thought he would as sort of the short area target? Or did Allen Robinson step in and be this slot receiver and just 
reel in targets, right? Based on the way that already week one has gone, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Allen Robinson is the leading target leader here in, in this offense. Clip after it, clip one it. Week. Yep, clip it, clip it. All right, let's go to the tight ends. George Kittle, Pat Fryermuth, both guys that you were starting based on where you drafted them. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, Kittle I talked about earlier, it's it's dumb, but he's gonna he's basically a receiver in this format and that it's going to be Russian roulette with targets. You you know what you got into when you drafted him. I didn't. I, I have one share of George Kittle, and that's just because he fell, not because I wanted it. So it's, it is what it is with him. Pat Fryermuth, listen, I like him, and I think he's the most matchup proof of what they've got going on with that box out. Get me the first down roll. Kenny Pickett, I think, can find him on a consistent basis. He's got the touchdown equity. The upside isn't there. I don't think there's going to be many weeks where we're talking about Patty football here being a top five option, but I think he's going to be top 12 more often than not. And at the position, like you're just trying not to lose ground. And I think he, I think he does that for you. All right, let's make a pick here. 49ers versus the Steelers, 49ers minus two as the spread here. I'm going to go 49ers here just because just because of Nick Bosa coming back. I think that that defense is going to be able to keep this Pittsburgh Steelers offense in check, but man, this is a field goal game. Like this is a field. If this was a 49ers minus three, I would be going the Steelers here, but 49ers minus two, I will go 49ers. Where are you going? Similar vibe. I think it's close. So I'm going to take the points and just, you know, get myself out of danger that way. So I'll take the Steelers plus two over the last two seasons. We've seen five quarterbacks make that true jump from year one to year two. And four of them won outright as underdogs in their week one debut of season two. Not calling for the outright win for the Steelers. I think it could happen. I'll take the points as insurance. All right, let's go Arizona Cardinals, Washington Commanders yep. here. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> I'm just going to phrase it this way. Uh, which Arizona Cardinals player are you starting this? See, week? the way you phrase that question makes it sound like I have to start one of them. Do I have to <laughs> do I have to do this? I, you were the one telling people to draft James Conner. James Conner's so. well, I thought they'd have a quarterback that actually played in the NFL. <laughs> but I was saying that Josh Dobbs wasn't even on the team. Clayton Toon was like a cartoon somewhere. Nobody I mean this is <laughs> this is ugly. I mean, yes, if you have to play James Conner, you're trying I feel like we have like six running backs this week where we're saying they need 15 to 20 carries and a touchdown to pay off. He's one of those guys. I think he could get there. I think the usage is going to be worth it. You they need to melt the clock, but that's going to be the story 17 times this year. I don't think they can do it. Yeah. Yeah, he's fine. He's in lineups. I don't like doing it. I don't like playing Cardinals. Hey, if you want to stream the commander's defense, like, I guess that's tangentially a Cardinal, right? I mean, it's against uh, the yeah. Cardinals. So that that's an option. I'm, I'm all in on that. Wait, did you say stream the Cardinals defense or stream uh, the I'm commander's sorry. defense? The commander's defense against the Cardinals. Like it says AZ on your thing. So at least you have yeah. some okay. Arizona exposure that way. The commander's defense, not uh, one okay. I'm necessarily right. always playing, but you could play him against the car. This is a mess. I, I don't know how you could start Marquise Brown and feel good about yeah. it. Until he'd have to, I'm trying to think a situation in my head. I'm playing like simulations in my head. What could he do in which I would be comfortable starting him in week two, week three, or even anytime in the near future? I'm not sure there's an answer to that question. He'd have to do it for a month before I was putting him into lineups. It would have to come to, it would have to, he would have to see like a 30 to 35% target share from Joshua Dobbs. Like Joshua Dobbs is only looking his way. And that would make me at least somewhat confident or comfortable not even confident comfortable putting him into my starting lineup james connor rb23 on the week for me someone that you can play if you need to but a volume i talked about that massive tier from Najee harris down to you know rashad white there in my rankings 
those guys at 15 plus touches are essentially guaranteed. But what's he going to do with them is the question. Let's talk about Washington here. Sam Howell, not necessarily someone that you were looking at in week one. The running backs, we've talked about Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson. We talked about him on the Start Sit podcast. Those are fine flex options here. You've got, I think, which one did you say you had higher? Did you have Brian Robinson as a top 24 play? I've got Gibson at 24, Robinson at 27. So they're both in the same okay. range, DFS price-wise, all the same neighborhood. The the pass catching, I think, gives Gibson the minor, minor edge in half-point PPR here. But yeah, I think both are viable. They're both in that James Conner tier for me, just in very different ways. I don't think either one of them has the touch upside that Conner possesses, but I think both are going to be far more efficient with their touches than Conner. All right, let's go Washington Commanders wide receivers. Terry McLaurin did return to practice yesterday with his toe injury. Looks like he is on pace to play here in week one. Is he someone that you were starting here this week? Yeah, he plays for them. He plays for you sort of thing. I, he's going to be the number one offense or option in this offense. We know Dotson's going to emerge, and he looked great in this preseason, but McLaurin's still going to out-target him. You're still talking a game where the Commanders are big favorites against a bad defense. I think you can get away with starting both. Washington receivers, if you want, I prefer McLaurin for the floor instead of the high ceiling of Dotson, but I think you could go either way. All right. And then Curtis Samuel, not necessarily someone that we are no. starting here this week. Zach Ertz, wait and see. You should not be necessarily starting him here. Again, we talked about the Arizona Cardinals offense. Let's make a pick here. Commanders minus seven as the spread. I'm, yeah, I'm going commanders. I, I think you have to. I mean, how many points are the Cardinals scoring? Like the commanders might get to 20 and cover this number. It's six to one. If you think the Cardinals are going to be the lowest scoring team on Sunday, to me, that's intriguing. Give me the commanders and I don't know, 24 to 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll go commanders here to cover. Uh, let's go to the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. It's same thing with yeah, the Arizona Cardinals. Is there anyone <laughs> on the Houston Texans that you are starting well, outside of Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce uh, belongs in that same tier that we just talked about. I don't think there's a ton of analysis there. Anyone else on the Houston Texans that you were looking at starting here this week? I'm not sure there's anyone else on my roster. Like, is there any reason to roster a Texan receiver? Like, to no. me, no. I mean, we had the Tank Dell fun week one preseason game. But, again, these guys would have to prove so much on a weekly basis for me to ever consider playing them. Could Tank Dell put up top 40 receiver numbers when all is said and done? Sure. Maybe he has three big games and that elevates him. But you're never going to put him into your lineup. So why put him on your roster? Why do that to yourself? Uh, Lamar Jackson belongs in starting lineups here in this matchup. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Each and every uh, week. Let's go J.K. Dobbins in this matchup, man. Uh, I've got him at RB11 on the week. Where do you have him? Yeah, I mean, he's healthy, active, and playing the Texans. Like, to me, you, you didn't have to tell me the name of the player, and I would have. If you said Kyle Yates was completely back <laughs> at practice this week, is starting next to Lamar Jackson and facing the Houston Texans, I think I'd take my chances. And I, I've never seen you... I, We've seen the videos of you passing in the backyard. I've never seen your acumen as a route runner or a ball carrier. But yeah, I think you're playing J.K. Dobbins this week. Uh, especially with that spread being Ravens minus 10. Uh, yeah, I think you, you're you starting the running back here as we're going to see the Ravens get up big and just run the clock out in the fourth quarter there. Uh, the wide receivers here, we talked about Odell Beckham Jr. most likely or popped up on the injury report. We have no idea. We'll have to see the practice reports here on Friday. No idea if he is going to play here in this one. But Zay Flowers, is he someone that you are looking at here if Odell Beckham Jr. does miss? Yeah, I think I'm moderately in on Zay Flowers kind of regardless of the status of Beckham. Obviously, I like him more if Beckham's out because I think this Todd Munkin offense is going to produce volume through the air. And if there's one less mouth to feed, like that's that's never going to hurt. But I think you're okay with Flowers in the flex discussion in his NFL debut here. Listen, he's he's the most talented option 
We think this offense is going to score. Pl- okay, we don't think. We know this offense is going to score plenty in this spot. Zay Flowers should be a big part of that. Mark Andrews is going to do his thing. He's going to lead this team in targets. But Zay Flowers should be next. We're talking 8 to 10 targets in an offense I trust against a defense I don't trust. To me, that, that puts you in the flex conversation, even if you're a rookie. Ravens team implied point total is 26.75. So we are going to see points go up on the board here. That is what Vegas is predicting. So we can absolutely be looking at Zay Flowers there. Uh, Rashad Bateman, not necessarily someone that you should be looking at here in week one. They've been battling that injury. We have no idea what to expect, but I would be looking at Zay Flowers. He is the highest ranked player. I still would be looking to start him, even if Odo Beckham Jr. does play. The tight ends, Mark Andrews, we're starting him. No questions asked. He's tight end one on the week for me. Let's make a pick here. Ravens minus 10. That is a massive line here to cover, but I'm going to go with the Ravens up against the Houston Texans. Where are you going? Me too, and the math nerd in me never, never wants to lay 10 points in a freaking professional football game where anybody can keep the game close. But I just don't see it. They scored 33 points per game last September when Lamar was off and rolling and his MVP start. I think we see more of the same. And if they score 33 points, you're going to have a hard time telling me the Texans get to 24. So, yeah, give me the Ravens in a game I don't want to watch. All right, let's go Green Bay Packers at Chicago Bears here in a game where, man, we're going to get to this spread. I'm going to take the entire next 10 minutes as we talk through this game and still trying to figure out what in the world I'm going to do for that pick. Uh, Let's go quarterbacks here. Jordan Love up against the Chicago Bears defense. Not necessarily someone that you drafted to be a starter, but someone that is worthy of keeping an eye on on the waiver wire. Justin Fields, top five locked and loaded, top eight locked and loaded option here based on where you drafted him as well. I don't think there's a ton to break down there from the quarterback position the running backs aaron jones he is a top 12 option for me is he in that territory for you as well he is until proven otherwise he's the lead back in this offense and we think the offense is going to be okay like there's some optimism around jordan love aj Dillon's going to cut into his workload but this offense wants to get the running backs 30 touches a game and if they do that both these guys are going to be top 30 options more often than not, I think that's the case this week. Aaron Jones locked into lineups. A.J. Dillon, still a piece that I think can you can start in plenty of formats. This Bears defense doesn't scare me. The only part that does is that the Bears offense could hold the ball and make this a low possession game, which hurts the total a little bit. And that's what has A.J. Dillon's rushing props and everything that you mentioned earlier, under 45 yards. But Dillon, to me, carries enough touch expectation and touchdown scoring equity to plug into lineups in this spot. Let's go AJ Dillon here or Dalvin Cook on Monday Night Football. I don't can't remember. I feel like I've asked you this question already this week, but AJ Dillon or Dalvin Cook? I'm going Dalvin by a handful of spots, but I don't love it. I think that Monday Night game might be a little score lower scoring than people think, but that's it's funny. We have an AJ Dillon Dalvin Cook call, and I'm making my decision based more on my lack of faith in Brees Hall, but I don't <laughs> think Hall's going to see it. The full workload, which means Cook's getting... I think Cook will out-touch Dylan, And so I'll take I'll take my chances that way. All right, let's stick with the same family there. AJ Dillon or James Cook in the same matchup on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I'm going James Cook. And that's by... I, again, an offense that's going to be in scoring position more often than not. Does the Damian Harris thing scare me a little bit? It does. But I think the touch count is similar, if not in Cook's favor. And the scoring expectation for his team... We'll be higher for the Bills and the Packers, so give me James Cook. 
All right, Khalil Herbert here, someone that is in the flex conversation. He is at RB27 on the week for me, someone that I am excited about, uh, especially in this matchup, but not necessarily someone that I feel like you have to get into starting lineups based on, again, where you drafted him. Uh, we'll see where he ends up here this week. The wide receivers, Christian Watson, not practicing here Wednesday yeah. or Thursday. He is unknown. It's unknown if he is going to play. Let's say that he does make it back here for a limited practice here today on Friday. Are you playing Christian Watson in week one? It doesn't sound good that he's even going to be that. Like, I think you're taking an optimistic turn here. If he's banged up or less than 100% or he's come down to a game time decision, I'm punting on this pass game, to be completely honest with you. From tight end to receiver to everybody, I you can do better. It's week one. Just about everybody in yeah. the league is healthy. So if you have a flex option, if you have, we'll go back to Zay Flowers. I feel like we keep coming back to him. But if he's yep. on your bench, you know he's healthy. If anything, he... The injury report, when it comes out Sunday afternoon, increases Flowers' stock if Beckham's out. I, I don't get how you get there on any of the Packer receivers at anything less than 100%. I'm not 100% sold on them at full strength. So, yeah, if Watson's dinged up in a game-time decision, I'm saving myself the headache on Sunday so I can walk the dog before and I don't have to, you know, <laughs> make major lineup uh, decisions at the last second. And I right now, I guess I would put Watson out of my lineup. He has to prove himself into it. All right, so that answers the question of if Watson does sit, are you looking at no. Romeo Dobbs? Just avoid this yeah. passing game uh, if at all possible. DJ Moore drafted him as a top 24 wide receiver. I'm assuming that he's in starting lineups, correct? He's on the fringe for me. He's 27 for me. I didn't draft him a ton just because of lack of volume. I think this offense obviously runs through fields. I can't imagine I'm the first to say that. But uh, yeah, now you're starting him. I would start him over Watson. You know, like situations like that. Yes. He's in that tier for me, where it's like, okay, I'll play him. If there's question marks ahead of him, Moore's going to be healthy and the lead target in this offense. I'm not sure how valuable those targets are, but I think he's good enough. All right, and then outside of DJ Moore, I mean, you're looking at Cole Komet as a questionable start here. We talked about him. You you faded him on the Start Sit podcast on Wednesday. I don't think that we need to go into him a ton here in this one. Uh, let's make a pick here. Bears minus one. This is our two fandoms going up against one another here. So I will go and represent. I will go Bears minus one. It's, Where are you going? That's funny. That's pretty much only the only lean I had here was that I can't pick Kyle's team against <laughs> my team. So I, I'm taking the point. I think Watson could sit and maybe the spread jumps up a little bit. But the Bears 2-10 and 10 over the last 12 games or 2-10 and 10 ATS, I'm sorry, in their last 12 divisional games. I say that goes to 2-11. and 11. Go Pack Go. They win outright by a field goal. All right, bear down, baby. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders at Denver Broncos. We're now finally into the 425 Jesus. slate. Uh, let's go here. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, not someone that you are starting here in this matchup. Russell Wilson, outside of the top 15, I don't think that we need to spend a ton of time on those quarterbacks. Wilson, I mean, the, the matchup is great, but mm -hmm. good night. You cannot confidently start Russell Wilson here in week one. There are much better options. Let's go Josh Jacobs. Missing the majority of the offseason here for the Las Vegas Raiders. Signs the contract, the reworked contract there, and is in town. But going up against the Denver Broncos run defense, is Josh Jacobs someone that you are confidently starting here in week one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you waited this out. He's back in camp. I'm not worried about it. At the very least, we know he's healthy. Like, we know he's not banged up. He didn't have all the August reps, all that stuff. He's coming off over 2,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like, you're not benching that in week one. You're probably never benching it, barring significant injury. To me, this is a don't get cute situation. Jacobs, you drafted him to lead your team. He's doing that this week. Josh Jacobs at RB9 on the week for me. Javante Williams for the Denver Broncos. Man, 
impressive that he played in the preseason. We have no idea what the workload is going to be here in week one. Are you avoiding this backfield until we see how it all plays out? I am, if I can. I mean, I've got him at running back 30. He's right around Cam Akers and Najee Harris for me, like guys that I don't like and I'm not making any excuses to start. Does he offer some upside? Sure. But I think P. Ryan's going to, I think this is more of a committee than people want to kind of admit. It could be very much like that Delvin Cook, Brees Hall situation where it's like neither kind of holds value, even though you kind of want to like both. So I think this offense does hold more water. I don't think they're going to be the worst scoring offense like they were a year ago. So they're going to be in position to score. We just don't know who's doing it just yet. If I can be a week late, I'm going to be hold out on Williams. Obviously, he's a roster spot. So is P. Ryan for that matter. But neither in my starting lineup if I can help it. Yeah, the matchup dictates that we should at least have that conversation, but all logic points to you got to wait to see how this split plays out here in week one. Let's go to the wide receivers for the Denver Broncos. There's not many of them left on the roster. Uh, Cortland Sutton here, let's assume that Jerry Judy does not play. Is he someone that you are confidently starting here in week one? I wouldn't use the word confidently. I mean, he's he's in that spot. Again, if, if Christian Watson's questionable coming down to the wire here, fine. Plug in Sutton, be on your way with a guy that you know is playing in a matchup that we like. Like, there's nothing about that that we don't like and he's going to be the number one target even if judy were to play i don't think either one of us has him has some crazy expectation right that he's going to be great he's been nicked up for the better part of a month here Corlin sutton didn't play in the slot last year and that was where judy was and that is where denver can have success in this matchup so if they were to slide him over there's a universe in which i see he has a big game so if judy's ruled out and you want to make some waves in a dfs lineup thinking that Sutton moves into that Judy role and sees 10 targets. I'm not going to call you crazy, but in redraft, it's just, it's far more risk than I think you need to swallow in week one. Marvin Mims, someone that I am looking at stashing going into week one, definitely not looking to start here up against the Las Vegas Raiders, but to get ahead of a potential waiver wire rush here, the opportunity is there. And you mentioned it, Soppy, if Jerry Judy does play, he is someone that, man, we, I mean, he's got to have a full practice here today for me to be like, okay, maybe I should start him, but I don't see that happening. The other side of the ball, Devontae Adams, you're starting him, even though it is a tough matchup against the Denver Broncos secondary. Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro. I mean, where is Myers in the rankings for you? Is he someone that is a top 36 play? No, he's not. And that hurt my soul to do, but I'm not playing him in this spot. (laughs) I think he's going to get there. Like, but I want to see it first. Don't, don't misconstrue that. If my man goes for eight, 70 and a touchdown oh my word you're gonna be i am vicious i am victory lapping that until the monday podcast and maybe through the monday pod you might have to mute me i don't know what the capabilities It'll are still be there. going on this next oh friday my God. That, i might yeah i might call you on the phone like it might happen after <laughs> he has a big play i'm like kyle set down whatever you're doing we need to talk so yes i am not not against victory lapping something i didn't play but i'm not playing myers this week and yes i have him on plenty of rosters where i have that decision so i'm not playing him i am darn sure rooting for him and it's gonna come just don't think week one's it the tight ends here greg dulcet's austin hooper we've got plenty of questions about both of those guys i mean michael mayer no you're not starting them in week one here let's make a pick here broncos minus three and a half I'm going to go Broncos just because of the state of that Las Vegas Raiders defense. Feels great putting a ton of confidence and faith into Russell Wilson. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to go Broncos here. Where are you going? Oh, man. Why back Russell Wilson when you can go Jimmy Garoppolo? Give me Garoppolo. I'll take the points here. Since 2019, 38 of 46 Garoppolo games where he's thrown at least 20 passes. His team has covered this number, be it winning or losing by four or fewer points. I... I think they keep it close. I do. I think the Raiders actually finish ahead of the Broncos in this division. Give me the Raiders in week one to cover the number. 
Man, you have a lot more faith in this Las Vegas Raiders team. I than do, I, I do, oh, I do. <laughs> let's go Philadelphia Eagles at the New England Patriots here. Uh, let's go the quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, yes, you are starting him. Mac Jones, no, you are not starting him. End of analysis. Let's go to the running backs here. What in the world do we do with this Philadelphia Eagles uh, backfield here? You got DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell. We have no idea how this split is going to play out. Are you just waiting in week one here to see how everything shakes out? I am. I don't have a ton of exposure to any of these guys because what you said, I don't know where we're going here. Do they all offer upside? This backfield feels like the stupid 49ers receiving core. Like, no, there's no <laughs> way all of these guys are outside my top 30. One of them is going to be a top 15 back. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. He might even score the exact same number of points. One of them is Debo Samuel, and I'll have it completely wrong. But I, I feel confident that I'll probably have the number of points scored from this backfield correct. I just don't know how to distribute it. And in that vein, I can bench all of these guys right now. You don't really have that option with the 49er pass catchers. They're kind of too much draft capital went into getting those guys to do that. I'm benching them all. I hope that somebody establishes themselves so we can do this with some sort of certainty, you know, a week from today. But yeah, no, I'm not playing any of them right now. A tough matchup too. The Patriots run defense is just notoriously stout here. So DeAndre Swift, RB 34 in my rankings. Rashad Penny, RB 39. Kenneth Gainwell, RB 45. Uh, if you want to shake that up, you want to put Kenneth Gainwell at RB34 and DeAndre Swift at RB45, I'm not going to necessarily fight you there. I do think DeAndre Swift is the one-two roster here, but do not, I, I if you have other options, Agreed. do not be playing one of these guys. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, we talked about him early on. This Philadelphia Eagles defense, uh, defensive front is just insane. Ramondre Stevenson has got to make up for it with a, you know, the pass catching uh, and opportunity out of the backfield, especially with Ezekiel Elliott potentially taking goal line opportunities here. Uh, not necessarily someone that I am super, super excited about, but you drafted him as a top 15 option. You got to play him wide receivers, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith. I'm just going to run through this because these are guys that you should be playing because you start, uh, you drafted them highly. Juju Smith Schuster for the new England Patriots, really the only wide receiver that you should be considering starting, but that's got to be in quotations, right? I'm not sure he needs to be on a roster to be completely honest with you. I'd rather Ooh. take a chance on Sky Moore and those guys. Like, what is the upside? What is Juju's ceiling week this season? Like, you're not telling me he's getting the 10 targets very often. You're not telling me he's getting a 30-yard catch very often. And I'm not sure this offense is going to score a ton. So is his ceiling performance 6 for 50 with a touchdown? Like, if, if we're talking, what's that, 14 half PPR points as a ceiling, I would take a dart on any chief receiver any day of the week and take my chances there. Give me MVS retroactively two for 48. I'll take my chance. <laughs> uh, Juju Smith Schuster's ceiling is the same as Jacoby Myers in Las oh, Vegas. Whoa, That's whoa. the answer to that question. Uh, the tight ends, Dallas Goddard, you're starting him. Hunter Henry. I am intrigued you with Hunter like Henry him. here. I've obviously been talking about him. I do think that he could easily lead this entire team in targets uh, in week one, but not in this matchup. I mean, he was being drafted as a top or the tight end 24 off the board. He's still sitting on waiver wires everywhere. Uh, so wait and see here with week one. But again, like we said with someone earlier, wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about him as a top waiver wire option. Kate Otten, that's Kate what Otten. I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we were talking about Hunter Henry here as a top waiver wire option in week one. Not a ton of analysis needed there for that Eagles Patriots game. Eagles minus four is a spread. I This, this is one of the easiest ones for me. I, I'm going Eagles to cover. Yeah, and that would be the only reason you pick the Patriots is because it's too easy to go the other direction. But I'll fall <laughs> right. into the trap too. Like, you know, it's week one. I'll fall into these traps until I learn that Vegas sees something that I don't. The Eagles should win this game by 15 points. Like, it just feels wrong. Yeah. But, you know, it's the Patriots. It is what it is. I'll take the Eagles by like eight. 
I was just about to say, it would have to be like Eagles up to minus seven for me to yeah. be like, okay, maybe I'll go Patriots here. But yeah, Eagles minus four is easy for me. Uh, Dolphins Chargers. This one is going to be fun. Yes, sir. Uh, let's talk about the quarterbacks here. Tua Tungabailoa, he top 12 draft quarterback off the board in drafts. He's someone that you're starting here because of this projected over under, right? Yeah, you got to plug and play him. I mean, you drafted Tua. The reason Tua falls in drafts is because you're worried about the concussions. You're worried about long term. It's week one. My guy is as healthy as he's ever going to be. If you're not playing him against one of the worst per play defenses in the league in a game with a total over 50 in a game where they're underdogs and supposed to be, play, you know, like there's, if you're not playing him here, I have no clue why you drafted him. So he's a top 10 guy for me, as is Herbert. I, this game's going to shoot out. This game should yeah. be the DFS target all over the place. Yeah, yeah, you're playing both of them. You're playing almost anything you have in this game with confidence. I saw an alert come through uh, yesterday that was like, JC Jackson is back and healthy and ready to help reinforce this Los Angeles Chargers defense or whatever in this week. I was like, is he though? Uh, so yes, uh, Tua Tonga by Loa, someone that you should be starting here. QB nine on the week for me. Justin Herbert at QB four. Uh, let's go to the running backs. We've talked a lot about Raheem Mostert. He is someone that you need to get into your starting lineups here this week. Uh, Devon A. Chain, we like him. Not necessarily someone that you need to be starting here this week. Wait and see how this plays out. We don't even know if he's actually going to play in this one. We think he is, but we don't know. Uh, Austin Eckler. I mean, breaking news, you're starting Austin Eckler based on where you drafted him. So not a ton of analysis no, needed good. there as well. Wide receivers. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You're starting them in this matchup. Both are top 12 plays for me. Correct me if I'm wrong anywhere here. No, you're good. Waddle's a little dinged up, so just pay attention to that. But I, I think you're safe to play both in DFS, season long, whatever you want to do. There's no wrong way to do this. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver three on the week for me. Jalen Waddle at wide receiver 10. Let's talk about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Both are top 20 plays for me. Are you starting them with confidence here in this one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If I'm not... I might play both of them with Justin Herbert in those DFS leagues that we're talking about. I mean, you're talking about a pass-heavy offense. You're talking about Kellen Moore. We've said it all preseason. I like Herbert to lead the league in passing. If he's going to do that, these two are accounting for 1,000 yards each, if not more. Yeah, you're playing both with confidence in all sorts of formats. I think both could go over 13 fantasy points this week in half-point PPR. I have no concerns or reservations about either. A lot of people have been excited about Quentin Johnston here, the first round pick out of TCU for the Los Angeles Chargers. All reports recently have been Palmer. that he might not yeah. even see the field a ton here in week one. So a potential stash going into week one here, Joshua Palmer, the wide receiver three here for this Los Angeles Chargers offense. Someone that I am intrigued with at least stashing to see how this all plays out. Quentin Johnston, get him out of your starting lineups. Tight ends, Gerald Everett. You are, you talked about him on the start episode Based on the over-under, you got to play him, right? How could you not? And I, I guess he's another one of those guys that uh, if you ran out of time with Kelsey, you benched him, and now you're kind of scrambling a little bit. That's where you end up with a Gerald Everett type. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure he's going to be a great option every single week, but I don't know how you avoid him in this spot, especially with the injury to Kelsey. Like, the, the thinnest position in fantasy got thinner last night. Gerald Everett, fine for me. He's going to see six to eight targets in an offense that's going to flirt with 30 points. Sign me up. All right, let's make a pick. Chargers, minus three. I'm going to throw this to you first because I have absolutely zero clue which way I'm going. Well, then I'll try to sell you here. Since Justin Herbert entered the league, the Chargers have played 19 games. A league high, 19 games decided by three or fewer points. They're giving three, so I'll take it. I'll take it and say this game's a field goal either way. Give me the Dolphins. A healthy Tua is as good as it's going to get. Weather's fine. Not worried about anything there. Both teams are going to score plenty. And all the Chargers do is play close games. I'll do that. I'll take the points. I'll take my chances. 
All right, since I don't like agreeing with you, I'm going to go the Chargers there. I'll go to the other side of it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to Los Angeles Rams at Seattle Seahawks. Uh, not a ton to break down here on the Rams side of things no. as Matthew Stafford, not someone that you need to be looking at here based on where you drafted him. Cam Akers, though, uh, you mentioned that he's in that same range as Najee Harris, someone that you are potentially looking to sit this week if you've got him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am. I have no interest. I don't know how they're going to move the ball either. And if they're not in scoring position, we've seen Cam Akers hold and sustain fantasy relevant volume but it's only in freaking december like after the fantasy playoffs have started and he's burned you for 14 weeks so until he proves that he's going to get that kind of work on a consistent basis he's a notch below harris because i don't think the carries are going to be all that valuable and i can't count on the volume like the way i can on harris so these are going to be invaluable touches and i don't think he gets 20 of them so this is a problem for an offense that's not scoring more than 17 points so we're asked to do fantasy football rankings here, obviously for you guys to make start set decisions, all this sort of stuff. I really wish that we had an option that was just like the shrug emoji that you were just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. And that's where Cam Akers falls for me. Cam Akers RB 19 on the week for me. It wouldn't shock me if he's a top 10 option because he gets 20 touches this week and finds the end zone up against the Seattle Seahawks defense. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he pulls what he did last year and gets five touches. And it's actually Kyron Williams is the running back to roster here Agreed. in Los Angeles, especially with them projected to play from behind in this one. So Cam Akers, I, I, based on where you drafted him, I'm kind of just putting him right in line with his ADP. Someone that has a low-end RB2, you're looking to start here this week, but man, there is a wide, wide range of outcomes here. Kenneth Walker, a groin injury popped up on the injury report here yesterday. We have no idea if he is going to play here this week. Let's just put this out there. If Kenneth Walker does not play, is Zach Charbonnet someone that you should be looking at in your starting lineup? Yeah, I think he probably replaces Walker-ish in my lineups right now. I have Walker at 18, so Charbonnet probably be 22 somewhere in that range he'd be a low-end running back to high-end flex for me just because we know he'd be getting the looks in an offense that we think score in mid-20s against a defense that we don't trust like I get the Aaron Donald's there but as long as he's not running directly at that man that catches knives in the preseason then I'm not worried about it this team's gonna score points we know they can move the ball through the air in an efficient manner behind Geno Smith they're gonna be in scoring position and if he's the lead dog sign me up uh, I will say with this one, with Kenneth Walker, with Zach Charbonnet, this is one that you need to come back to youtube.com slash at PFN fantasy Sunday mornings. We will be doing some start sit live streams here over on the YouTube channel. And this is one that we will certainly be talking about as we have more information as we're recording here on Friday, it's 10, 12 AM. We have absolutely zero clue if Kenneth Walker is even going to play here. We don't know his practice reports from Friday. So this is one that you'll need to come back on YouTube on Sunday morning, make sure or into the PFN fantasy discord. Like Do I it. mentioned earlier. All right. Wide receivers, Cooper cup, not playing in this one is van Jefferson. Someone that fantasy managers can look at or is man. It's week one. You've got better options. If you don't have better options, you drafted poorly and didn't listen to anything we said this preseason. <laughs> so yeah, no, you can pass on Jefferson. I get the idea. This The running back position is different than the wide receiver position. Like we talked, Madison replacing Delvin Cook back in the day. He works right into that workload. Van Jefferson's not going to see Cooper Cup workload. Like that's just not how this works. Don't make that mistake if you're a novice fantasy player or even if an experienced one. Van Jefferson very well could pay this off and make me look like an idiot but that's not projectable. We're here to tell you the range of outcomes and what is most likely to happen. What is most likely to happen is that he's like four for 30 and you're sad that you started him. Yep, 100%. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, both guys that should be in your starting lineup based on where you drafted them. Jackson Smith and Jigba might actually play here on yeah. uh, on Sunday, which is impressive here coming back off of wrist surgery just a week and a half ago, something like that. So yeah. impressive there. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, not someone that you should be looking to start here in week one. We don't know what his playing time is going to be. 
Tyler Higby is someone that we have talked about here a lot on this podcast leading up to this week. This matchup against the Seattle Seahawks defense, no Cooper Cup. Tyler Higby might be a top five tight end here in week one, someone that you need to start. Noah Fant, not necessarily someone that you should be looking at, drafted outside the top 20 tight ends. Let's go here. Seahawks minus five and a half. This is a larger line here. I'm going to throw this to you first. Where are we going? Yeah, I'm going to lay the points. I guess I just kind of thinking that the books don't think these teams are as bad as I do. I think the Rams without <laughs> Cooper Cup are about as bad as anybody in the NFL. Matthew Stafford could be good. He could do something. But this or the Seahawks offense just carries such a high floor. I don't see how they're held under 20, 23 points. And I don't know how the Rams get close enough to cover that number. So I'll say Seahawks by 10. Yeah, Derek talked about the corners there, the defensive players for the Los Angeles Rams. That is a, a, a defense that is absolutely in turnover right now, playing a lot of young players here. Trying to slow down DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They're going to have a field day here. I'm going to go with the Seahawks as well. Let's go Cowboys at the Giants. You have been fading Dak Prescott all season long here. Are we doing the same here up against the New York Giants in week one? We are. I think they can hold the hold their own and win this game, but I don't think it's going to be because of Dak. I mean, it's under 11.5 fantasy points in four of his last five road divisional games. He's had success in beating the Giants. Like, I'll, I'll give you that. That doesn't mean he's fantasy worthy. I don't trust the legs or the production on the ground anymore. I think this is a prime Tony Pollard season. S-Z-N in all capital letters. As many exclamation points as you want. I think we get a good spot for that. Good coming out party on national TV. But it's at the detriment of Dak. Like, I'm not playing Dak. I didn't draft him anywhere, so I'm not worried about it. But he's not going to be a starting quarterback for me most weeks. And that doesn't change this week. Dak Prescott at QB 13 on the week for me. Daniel Jones at QB 12 for me based on the rushing floor. Yes, it is the Dallas Cowboys defense, but that rushing floor for Daniel Jones, I think pushes him above Dak Prescott. Do you agree with that? Is Daniel Jones someone that you can start in week one? I mean, you could, I've got him at 13, so I'm not that much different than you. He's in that range in the Kirk Cousins, Anthony Richardson, Aaron Rodgers kind of range. Like you could, you could squint and see it. I think the Cowboys give him a little bit more trouble than you do. I guess 57% complete last season when facing these Cowboys. So it could be ugly, but like you said, the rushing to me, he's, he's a yep. slightly safer version of Anthony Richardson in this spot. Yep. He's got Darren Waller that he, you know, it's, it is what it is. I don't think he's winning you a week, but I also really don't think he's going to lose you a week based on expectations here. So he's, he's fine. Yeah, let me clarify that that is all about the rushing upside or rushing floor yeah. for Daniel Jones. If you give me the line at 225 and a half passing guards, I will take the under for Daniel Jones here in week one. But because of the rushing Agreed. floor and what he provides there, that can return that value as a top 12 quarterback for me. The running backs, pretty easy. Tony Pollard, you're starting them. Saquon Barkley, you're starting them. Let's go to the wide receivers here. CeeDee Lamb, obviously you are starting him as well. Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. These guys, we don't know. Uh, and this will be the theme for the next part, the next team that we talk about here uh, at the wide receiver position. But Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, we do not know who is going to be the wide receiver two here in this offense. Is this a wait and see approach or are you actually looking to start one of these guys in week one? It's very much a wait and see approach. I mean, I can do better with wide receiver twos on offenses and take my chances. Like I'd rather Pickens over Cooks and I don't even like the matchup for Pickens. I'd rather Gabe Davis. We've talked a lot about him. Don't love that matchup either, but he's got the big play upside. We know his role and I trust his quarterback. We don't have that for Cooks right now. He could get there, but he could just as easily fall behind Gallup in this hierarchy. And if I think this isn't going to be a high volume passing attack and CeeDee Lamb's going to suck up 10 to 12 targets, I just don't know what meat is left on the bone for a guy in Cooks 
playing for a fifth team, making a new debut, like all that stuff. There's too much noise for me to go that direction in week one. Uh, I have Michael Gallup in a massive dynasty league where we start like 11 players as like my second flex. Okay. So let's go Michael Gallup, let's here, baby. Let's reel in a touchdown. Uh, all right. Welcome to our favorite segment of the week. Uh, the which Giants wide receiver will start here this week. Oh Are you looking God. at any of these guys? Are you looking at any of these guys in your starting lineup? No, I mean, you're watching it in the fact that it will be a good learning yeah. experience, but I've got them all ranked next to each other and that's outside the top 50. Like I, I'm not going that direction. I'm not tempting fate. Why would you? When you mentioned the Daniel Jones passing numbers, neither one of us thinks Daniel Jones is putting up big passing numbers. And even if he is, it might all go to Waller and Barkley. Like there's there's right. proof positive that this offense, this might look like the Chiefs last night. Like they might not have a receiver or anybody go over 50 receiving yards. Maybe Waller does, maybe Barkley does, but it would not surprise me if none of these receivers returned any value whatsoever this week. All right, and obviously at the tight end position, Darren Waller, you are starting. Jake Ferguson for the Dallas Cowboys. Again, more in line with the Giants wide receivers. You're watching it. You're waiting to see what happens here, uh, but not necessarily someone that you were starting in week one. The final game of the week, Monday Night Football. Buffalo. Oh, wait, we got to make a pick. We got to make a pick. We got to make a pick. Cowboys minus three is the spread. Uh, I'll let you pick this one first because I don't know where the hell I'm going. That's all right. We gotta. We do the same game parlay props piece every primetime game so we had it for last night we'll have it for sunday night we'll have it for monday night i feel good about this one i'm getting the cowboys to win the first half cowboys to win the game and pollard to score a touchdown at basically three to one i'll say the cowboys cover for uh, sake of our spreadsheet here but yeah I, I like this game this will be a real money game for me cowboys in primetime cover at the big apple i'm gonna go giants you just, just like a gut feeling here. I'm going to go the Giants here. Uh, this and there's no analysis there whatsoever. I'm just going to go the Giants there. I have a gut feeling. All yeah. right, let's go Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets here. Monday Night Football. Uh, quarterbacks, Josh Allen, you are obviously starting here. Aaron Rodgers, is he someone that you can start in week one or is he a little bit further down the board? He's close. He's quarterback 11 for me, which is a little higher than I thought he'd come in. I might might move him down to 12, 13. I, the more I think about it, Kirk Cousins, I keep talking myself into that game, seeing like 60 points scored. So I might have Cousins yeah. over Rodgers in a situation like that. So he's on the fringe, though. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers. We know Garrett Wilson's there. They showed a good connection in the one drive they play. I get all of it. I do think this game's going to be lower scoring than most think, which puts Aaron Rodgers in a tough spot to produce. He hasn't traditionally been a big week one guy. His team's been held 17 or fewer points in four of the last six season openers. If that holds and you've got Travis White healthy on the other side, I worry that the upside isn't there. Could he finish quarterback 8-14? to 14? Sure, I don't think he has much of an avenue to finish higher than that. Uh, you talked about the difference there of Kirk Cousins to Aaron Rodgers. That is not close for me personally. Kirk okay. Cousins at QB 10 on the week, Aaron Rodgers at QB 19 wow. going up against okay. this Buffalo Bills defense. So I think, too, based on where you drafted Aaron Rodgers, he was not being drafted as a top 12 player in most spots. So I think that you can wait this one out. I would prefer yeah. to do that. You mentioned that this is probably going to be a lower scoring game than you, you know, many are anticipating. It's a 46 point over under. I think that that is, I think it's going to go under there as well. Uh, let's go to the running backs here. We talked about James Cook there with, uh, we talked about another player there. James Cook, not necessarily someone that I think is a top 24 play here. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I think you're about right. I need to be more confident in the Bills offensive setting. And most weeks I'm going to be like most weeks. I'm going to have them penciled in for 27, 30 points. I don't think that's the case here. I do have them on the fringe of my running back two ranks. So I, I get it. He's right there with his brother. We went over this earlier. He's, I think he's going to lead this backfield in touches, and I feel good about that. Harris is, 
Harris is like a rich man Zeke to me. Like, I think he's going to get those goal line valuable touches, but I don't think he's any kind of threat to siphon 35% of the running back touches. So if you're giving me 15 to 17 touches for Buffalo, I think the floor is only so high, but I don't think the ceiling's great in this spot either. So he's, he's a fringe guy for me. I'll play him. And it sounds like I'm higher on him than you. I'd play him over like a Miles Sanders. Like I'd go that direction based more on the Bills offense than anything but uh, so the bills elevate him to a point where he's interesting not a must start though yeah i think that's the difference of do you want the potential payoff and the upside for james cook but there's a lower floor or do you want the guaranteed volume with miles sanders i'm gonna go more with the guaranteed volume for miles sanders versus the potential upside for james cook and cook was someone that i was lower on than consensus going into this year anyway let's talk about the jets backfield here dalvin cook Brees hall are these both players that you are sitting here in week one? Or do you think that we talked about this in our analysis when Dalvin Cook signed? Hey, listen, Cook's probably going to get the workload here to start the season while Brees Hall kind of rehabs a little bit and works his way back in slowly. Has that changed? Do you think that Dalvin Cook is someone that you should avoid here in week one? I'm not, he's like I said, ranked right next to his brother. So they're not guys I'm making excuses to play, but I will play them. I'm not sitting them just to sit them to make like room for. Najee Harris, for example, I'd play both over there or I'd play both over AJ Dillon. Same idea here that I think Cook has the leg up for now. You know, come back to me in a week, come back to me in a month and see where this plays out. It's a lot like what we talked with Javante Williams. This ACL recovery is going to take time. They brought in Delvin Cook for a reason. And that reason probably isn't December carries. That reason is right now to get this team off to a good start, to get a fan base rolling that hasn't seen success in the better part of two decades. I think Delvin Cook probably sees himself 13 to 17 touches in this game. And to me, that's enough to hold value. He's still talented. Like he wasn't very good last season and he still put up fantasy numbers. We trust Aaron Rodgers to put this offense in a spot to succeed. And like we we said at the time when he got signed, they're in win now mode and Aaron Rodgers wanted to bring in Delvin Cook. To me, that says they're getting him work out of the gate. Whether that holds, whether that means anything, we'll see. But if he can get 15 touches in week one, he's an RB2 for me. Uh, I've got some rankings that I think are going to be super helpful for fantasy managers. They start to kind of just sift through this backfield and figure out what to do. Uh, Dalvin Cook for me at RB33 on the week. Brees Hall at RB34. Okay. Uh, super helpful for people. <laughs> back to back in rankings here. Uh, I think that this is a situation where you let it, it let it play out here. And if this was New York is going up against the Arizona Cardinals in week one, then it would be, okay, you start Dalvin Cook here as a top. Right. I, I'd probably have him as like RB18, RB17 in my rankings. It's up against the Buffalo Bills. JK Dobbins. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I want to wait and see how this plays out here first uh, if I can avoid it. All right. Uh, and based on where you drafted them, too, I think that you can. Uh, let's go to the wide receiver position here. Stefan Diggs, we know that we are starting. Have a little bit of concern here up against this matchup up against the New York Jets secondary. You've talked about Gabe Davis. Where did Gabe Davis land in your rankings here going into week one? Yeah, he's my low 30. So I guess if you're in a league that starts three receivers, he's in there. If he's in a flex, if it's a two receiver flex league, like how ESPN runs their leagues, then it's a little fringy. I look the only optimism here for Gabe and the only kind of leg I have to stand on. If you want to go that direction is that the Jets did a great job shutting down Diggs last season. And if you think they try to run that back and maybe it frees up Gabe for a big play here and there, but I mean, he's reached 13 fantasy points in just 6% of divisional games compared to 30% of games that aren't in the division. So that tells me the teams that see him multiple times know how to contain him which is terrifying because we know the floor is low. The ceiling, obviously high. You're banking on that one big play. I don't think he needs to be locked into lineups, 
I also think if he struggles here, another good buy low guy because we're both high on yep. him, and that's not changing if he struggles in week one. Yeah, wide receiver 36 in my rankings for Gabe Davis this week. Definitely has the upside, definitely has a lower floor. Garrett Wilson there, locked and loaded, start him here in this matchup. Alan Lazard and Miko Hardman are guys that, for the Jets, I mean, no. Like, it, who's getting the other touchdown? Like, who's getting the <laughs> touchdown here between Alan Lazard, Miko Hardman? Surprise, the answer is behind door number three, it's Randall Cobb. Uh, the tight ends here, Dalton Kincaid or Tyler Conklin. Dalton Kincaid. We were like, let's pump the brakes on his Thank ADQ you. right now. My goodness. Tight end 15, tight end 12 off the board in drafts. There are people that are going to be playing him here on Monday Night Football. Man, he's got to find the end zone to return and meet those sort of expectations, right? Yeah, I mean, it could pay off and we could be dead wrong, but I just don't see the target volume that makes him worthy of all this hype. And I understand that there's exceptions to every rule, but this tight end rookie rule is a thing for a reason. And that's because talented tight ends come in, struggle to acclimate, and go through the rookie season largely ineffective for fantasy managers. I think that's the case in week one and for the most part of the season. Is he going to score? Yeah, he'll probably have four to six touchdowns this season. But I'm not, are you ever going to project him for more than five, six targets in a game? To me, if you can't get to that threshold, I can't justify starting you. All right. That is it for the analysis. Let's get to picking this final game and then we will get out of here. Bills minus two and a half. I'm I'm gonna go Jets. I'm gonna go Jets okay. plus two and a half here. I think this is a closer game uh than even two and a half. Where are you going? I hope our weekly pick comes down to the wire here. I'm going Bills. I'll lay the number because it's under the key of three, so I'll take that. Rodgers doesn't score a lot of points. Like I mentioned in those season openers, if he can't get the Jets past 20, they're not covering this number. Bills by a touchdown. All right. That is it. We did it actually under an hour and 45 minutes, which it? I, that was my line. I thought that we would go over it. <laughs> we went under it, got all the analysis in there that people need. Make sure to come back Sunday morning on YouTube, youtube.com slash at PFN fantasy. This is going to be the place here where we're doing some starts at live streams, making sure that you have all of the latest information you need to set your starting lineups. Additionally, get into the discord. If we don't get your question answered on the start on the start set live streams, if you can't get access to us on Twitter, on social media, wherever we're at, we're going to be answering your questions. The Discord is where we will be at on Sunday morning there. It's absolutely free to join. The link for that is right here in the podcast or YouTube show description. Make sure to jump in there. We will see you there. All right, that'll do it. For Kyle Sappy. I'm Kyle Yates. Good luck in week one, everyone. We'll see you next time.